Well, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Jen A. I reside here in Colorado, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Today is Friday, April 28, 2023. It's 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and today we're reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the, tap, in the chapter titled Into Action. We're on page number 78. We're reading the first paragraph. In nine cases out of ten, the unexpected happens, and it ends with, it's water over the dam. We're just going to concentrate on that one paragraph only. Today's readers and Team Friday, the 12 steps is Joni C., 12 traditions is K.S., readers of the text um, is Loretta, Loretta H., our closing reader today is Anne Marie M., Tens is backing us up just in case. Uh, we have Leslie M. as the newcomer greeter and Karen K. as our second hour moderator. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, April 27, 2023, are the following. For 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Big Book Study recording, it's 20,202. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Big Book Study recording, it's 20,203. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine, and we take no position on outside issues. Compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. So, here's our sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose it's to carry the message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a vision for you, Big Book study our messages that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Joni C. to read the 12 Steps. Good morning. This is Joni C., gratefully recovered but not cured in Minnesota. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, Thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
and 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much, Joni C. I will now ask, ask K.S. to read the 12th tradition. Good morning, everyone. This is K.S., gratefully recovered in North Carolina. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters accepting, affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive of reader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige diverge from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction other than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me serve today. Thank you, Kay. This is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic, but this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, you press star 1 to unmute, and once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we're resuming our study in the chapter, Into Action. We're in the big book on page number 78, and we're reading that first paragraph. I will now ask Loretta H. to begin reading. Good morning, Jen, and good morning, all, along with my precious God, who are saving my life today, Loretta H., recovered in North Carolina. And thank you for letting me do service this month. In nine cases out of ten, the unexpected happens. Sometimes the man we are calling on admits his own fault, so he... so. Feuds of years standing melt away in an hour. Rarely 
do we fail to make satisfactory progress? Our former enemies sometimes praise what we are doing and wish us well. Occasionally, they will offer assistance. It should not matter, however, if someone does throw us out of his office. We have made our demonstration, done our part. It's water over the dam. Okay, I um, just attended my morning meditation meeting, and it was on the St. Francis prayer, my two-way prayer meeting, and this is what this is about. You know, the St. Francis, this forgiveness and in dying one finds. And I looked up the word demonstration, the action or process of showing the existence or truth of something by giving proof and evidence. So we have um, four types of amends, direct, living, and amend in kind, and a letter. The two most poignant amends I made was to my parents. I actually came into the room in 2001 because my father had died. I could not stop binging, and I did not show up. And I was devastated. I was torn. I was just really a broken individual. And so uh, because of the process of making amends, I actually had... And it took me 10 years to do this because the military isn't the easiest thing to navigate around. It took me 10 years, but I was able to um, get his ashes from California and Switzerland. They were, um, he was born in Switzerland, but uh, we lived in California, and bring them down to North Carolina and give him a military funeral. And it was the great, when they put that flag in my hands, I just cried like a baby. It was like God had delivered me from evil. And um, it was the most, just the most rewarding thing I ever did. And I know, number one, I know I was forgiven because he brought me to the rooms. But, and that's not what I'm asking for, but the amends for me on my part, um, set right the wrongs was truly, truly lifted. And I knew that he just was up there and just very, very um, comforted by what happened. And then also I did one for my mom in um, Half Moon Bay. And when I was kneeling on the ground reading her the letter, a deer actually came up to me and just looked at me in the eye, and I thought it was my mom as I was looking her in the eye. So these amends are really powerful, and um, I just find that the spirit of Step 9 is um, I'm concerned now and responsible for the well-being of others. And that's what this uh, step is about, about being it's the step on love, um, the tradition is structure, and the concept is ability. So this step has given me all of that. And um, I have the ability to go out into the world as a free person, and the nine-step promises are coming true for me and have come true. And I'm just so grateful because I was so ashamed and um, hurt my parents so much because of who they were, and now I find that 
actually, they were Renaissance people. They did things that our time would just reward them for. And so with that, I pass. Do this because it is the best thing you've ever done. Okay. God bless. Happy Friday. Thank you so much, Loretta H. I appreciate you. And we evaluate every, we evaluate. Wow, it's a tough morning this morning. I'm not going to lie. I'm tripping over my words. We value everybody. We don't evaluate you. We value everyone's experience. So we ask that you limit your shares every third day in order so others might share their experience too. So we're going to take a list of names of people who would like to share on what was read today. If you'll give them to me one at a time, that would be easiest. Thank you. Is there anyone that would like to share on the paragraph that was um, read today? You can give me your first Rachel name, last initial. Thank you, Rachel. Hi, my name is Teresa. I would like to uh, share. Teresa, what's the first initial of your last name, please? Yes, and Paul. Thanks, Teresa. All right, you want, you want me to go ahead and start now? Yeah, Actually, I'll take a list of yeah. names, and then um, we'll go in order. Thanks for asking. Thank you. I'm talking mm-hmm. on the phone. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Teresa, go ahead and press star one to mute your phone again. All right. So we're taking a list of names for people who would like to share on what was read today. If you'd like to share um, with us, could you please, please press star one and give me your name? All right, well, we'll go ahead and start with these two ladies. We have Rachel K. and Teresa. I'm sorry, was it Sheer S? All right. Anne A. We'll start with Anne A. All right, so we're going to start off with these four. I have Rachel K., Teresa P., I believe it was Sheer S., and Anne A., so, um, Rachel, if you'll press star one and go right ahead. Hi, this is Rachel Kay in Indiana. Thanks, Jen. Uh, thank you for your service and for calling on me. Um, yeah, I love this part because my um, some of my amends that I thought were going to be a big deal were no big deal, and uh, some that I thought were going to be no big deal were a big deal. But the one that sticks in my mind, the thing that the best, sort of advice and guidance that my sponsor gave me at the time was that eight is not nine. Eight is not nine um, because, I, you know, I'm just making a list, but when I finally go to those people, there was a, a boss, a former boss that I needed to make an amend to, and I had written out what I was going to say, what I was going to make an amend for because I had lied to this boss just horribly, just told him so many lies and stolen stuff from the office, and there was a particular lie that I was like, yeah, but I'm not going to tell them that. That is just too, that's too embarrassing. You know, I'll do everything else. And um, and I was 100% sure that that's how the amends would go. And I got to his office, and when I put my hand on the doorknob, I, 
you know, I can't explain it, but to say that it was God, I knew that I was going to make a full amends. I was going to tell him the whole truth. And I did. And I told him, you know, about the lie that I was sure I wasn't going to tell him about. I just told him everything. God gave me that power when I put my hand on the doorknob because, you know, I was willing. And not only was he gracious, that boss ended up writing me a recommendation letter for several jobs, um, you know, down the line. So, um, and of course, not every amend says, you know, sometimes we'll get thrown out of the office. And at that point, when God gave me the willingness, um, you know, I, I was willing, okay, if he throws me out of his office, I'm fine with that. But um, what I would say is, yeah, just pray God. You know, God is there with me in those amends. I knew that God was there and continues to be with me. And if there's some that you just think, there's no way. There's no way. You know, put them down, write down, you know, what you're going to say, and trust that, you know, your higher power, um, as my higher power did, will give me the courage and the strength, because it certainly didn't come from me. You know, I'm a coward. Um to, to make that full amend when the time comes. Because, quite honestly, I'm selfish. I want those promises. I want those promises that come with step nine. You know, I don't, I, I want it all. I want all the goodies. I want all the prizes. So, um, anyway, thanks again for calling on me. Everybody have a blessed weekend, and I'll pass. Thanks, Rachel Kay from Indiana. Up next, we have Teresa P. followed by Cher S. Teresa, good morning. Where are you calling from today? Okay. Hi, I'm Teresa P. from California. And, uh, yeah, the, um, the immense process is, is such a tremendous gift. And what I, I get to do is just walk through it, you know, with the hand of God and feel all the feelings. And, you know, and it, it's hard. it can be hard. But then, you know, God does be... God is with me. I'm not alone. And one of the big events I made was uh, to uh, my, um, uh, well, my, all my, uh, all four of my children, and they were adults at the time. And one of the ones that I did with my daughter was uh, at, and you know, this is, you know, got all the damage from the diseases of of compulsive overeating and just everything that goes with it is because, you know, it's just, you know, I was just always a very sick person. I didn't even know I was that sick. And so I got to admit, you know, that, you know, I was, you know, that I was wrong. And uh, then I asked her what amends that she wanted. And what she wanted me to do was come and play with her children. And I thought, wow, I can do that. So I have done that for years, uh, for over 25 years. And, well, I did it, but, but I was able to uh, come as a, as a different person. I was able to come as, you know, a recovered person. And still, you know, making lots of mistakes, but now I get to admit it and say, you know, oh, Grandma made another mistake, and yes, Grandma was wrong. And I can even remember with my one granddaughter, she was daughter was older, and she was in her twenties. And no, no, she was in the day, the eighteen nineteen stuff, and uh, and she was doing something with her mom, and I, and I said something, you know, and then she said, oh, Grandma, this is really none of your business, 
And I was like, oh, you know, but then I thought, of, I told her, you're right. I'm sorry. And I walked away. <laughs> and I get to learn that, you know, I can, you know, honor other people. And it was such a blessing to be able to do that. And I can continue to do that today, you know, one day at a time by working the steps, you know, 10, 11, and 12, and get to look at myself and see my part and admit to my part. And there is such um, a peace and, and lots of times joy in doing the service and making the amends. So it, it truly is a blessing and a wonderful gift. And I don't have to, you know, I don't have power over what what happens, but I get to honor myself to inside by telling my truth and then standing up and making my amends and just giving the results to God. And God makes miracles out of my messes. Thank you, and I pass. Perfect timing, Teresa P. from California. Up next, we have Sheer S. followed by Ann A. If you could spell your first name for me, that would be great. That way people can find you on the members list. And tell me what state you're calling from, please. Hi, Jen. Um, this is Sheer, S-H-I-R, F as in Frank, from New York. And, um, yeah, I didn't actually have a huge need to share, but <laughs> I'm a teacher and I hate when I ask a question and nobody um, answers it and there's this awful silence, so I thought I'd jump in. But um, I'm thinking about the amends that I've made that have been, well, so the passage talked about how the other person, you know, may even be surprised or they, you know, may forgive you or whatever and um i there were three different amends that were really powerful for me one was many years ago my husband and i didn't have a lot of money and we uh, ran out of firewood in the middle of winter and the guy who delivered the firewood gave us a load of wood but we didn't have the money to pay for it right away and then we were living on credit cards and he only took cash and it just, um, you know, put him off for months and I just felt so guilty and finally had the cash and gave it to him. But I just continued to just feel awful about it. And so I wrote him a letter and just explained the whole situation. And because it's not like they had a lot of money either. Um, and, and he, the next time I saw him, he was just like, oh, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. But it was a huge deal to me and it felt so good to get it off my chest and get it taken care of. Um, and then another one was I had lived with a boyfriend after college and um, we had a lease together and I ended up skipping out on the lease and he had to pay it. And this has been with me for over 30 years. And um, I had tried to make amends really half-heartedly in the past. Like I wrote him a letter and put in a check for $100 and said, oh, I'll pay, you know, more in the future, but I never heard from him. And finally, I contacted him and talked to him, and he like, said, oh, it was so long ago, don't worry about it. I said, no, I really have to do something. And so he told me a charity, you know, that he would want uh, me to donate to, and so I did. And that has felt really good. I don't, that's not on my chest anymore. Um, and the last one was my cat. I, I, my cat 
got away and I ended up scaring her further away and she never came back and I'm pretty sure she was eaten by animals in my woods and I just felt so horrible about that. And I thought, oh, okay, I'll just donate some money to the animal shelter. But my sponsor was like, no, why don't you go volunteer at the animal shelter? And so I did for a few months and um, scrubbed litter boxes every week. And I finally, I mean, the guilt is not 100% gone, but I do feel a lot better um, about it. And so this process is can be really powerful when you are able to really connect with it. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much, Shir F. So that's S-H-I-R, F as in Frank from New York. Up next, we have Ann A. Good morning, Ann. Hey, good morning, Jen A. Thank you so much and to your team for a beautiful meeting. Um, hi, family. I'm Ann A., as you know, from New York. Um, you know, I didn't, I had for, when I made my amends, last year became, a couple of years ago, last year, I was at um, a school reunion in Florida for retired teachers and folks from the town I grew up in. And I saw my cousin, who I was estranged from, um, and um, she invited me to her home. And this is a cousin, um, eight years younger than me, who's um, my, my youngest brother's big sister, I mean big brother. Anyway, we used to be very close. Her father died of alcoholism. Her mother died when she was young. She was raised by my two spinster aunts and lived in Nani's house. So I saw her all the time. And um, But she didn't invite me to her wedding. And so that was about 30 years ago. And I asked my mom, I wasn't invited. She goes, okay, you weren't invited. I had such a resentment and a hurt because I would see her. She has um, worked in the same school district. But when she invited me to her home, I did not expect these words to come out. I just said, Dawn, if I've ever offended you, I'm, I'm so sorry because I've been carrying this hurt and, you know, I've missed you and um, I felt rejected. She goes, Anne, you were invited to my wedding. <laughs> I, I wrote the invitations in your mother's house. I said, oh, my God, that's the summer I moved out. <laughs> I guess it got lost in the mail. And all these years of rejecting her and not inviting her to any of my daughter's events um, were melted away in her driveway one sunny day last March. And so I'm just so grateful that um, my my higher power um, I thought it was time for me to clear my heart, to clear and to open it up and to receive that love from her that we had enjoyed once in, in our lives as children. And so I'm just so grateful to this program and, um, and the healing. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Ann A. from New York. All right. Well, this is where we are today, everybody. We're in Interaction in the Big Book on page 78. We're reading one paragraph. It starts out with in nine cases out of ten, and it ends in it's water over the dam. And we do value everyone's experience, and we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. So who would like to share on what was read today? I'll take one name Lisa at a time. Lisa B. 
Thanks, Lisa. Lisa B, Charles H, Toronto, Ontario. Sorry, I heard Anne-Marie. Keep going. Is it Anne-Marie M? Okay, so I had Anne-Marie. I think it's Anne-Marie M, but I will, we'll just put Anne-Marie. And then there was another voice after that that was in there, Lindsay but I didn't H. catch her name. Could you, Lindsay? Yes, Lindsay H, right. Toronto, Ontario. Thank you. Awesome. Who else? All right, well, let's rock and roll with this group. We have Anne. Oh, sorry, we did Anne. Let's see. Sorry, we have Lisa B, followed by Charles H, Anne Marie, and Lindsay H. Go ahead, Lisa. Good morning, Jen. Can you hear me okay? This is Lisa. You can be heard. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you. Thanks so much. Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina, and I do spell my name L-E-S-A. And uh, this is just, you know, I wanted to share my experience on this paragraph. And this work of the ninth step is, um, you know, I'm in the process of finding that great reality deep down within me, which is eternal. You know, that's an eternal reality that I'll have always. And it's what's going to sustain me. It's what's going to feed me. It's what's going to enable me to get in touch with this power to live life because lack of power is my problem. And when I remember that, the sense of urgency in doing this work becomes so much more clear. And, you know, the nine cases out of ten. So I have been asked to leave someone's office. They did not want to hear my amends. And I, I was okay with that. I would have liked it to work out differently. But thank goodness, you know, I was reminded what it says in the big book, that I've, I've done my part. And, um, but then another situation was the nine cases out of ten. I'm so grateful my sponsor encouraged me to have my um, amends written out. I did have it on note cards, and I did share with them the purpose, what I was doing, and we met in a little shop. And um, I started to do the amends, and, you know, she got in touch with what she had done wrong, and she kept wanting to interrupt me. And my sponsor reminded me that I'm on a, on a mission and that I need to say what I can say and then listen, you know, then I could listen. But I guess that person just wanted to keep saying what they wanted to say. And I'm just grateful that I was coached on how to handle that situation and to keep my focus. And it was a great experience. But, you know, even if it's not a great experience, this is about my relationship with God. It's not really to become friends and, you know, get accolades from these people like, oh, you're such a great person. I'm doing it because I want to be right with God and, and ultimately right with his kids, but that doesn't always happen. But the most important thing is that I'm right with God and that eternal temple, you know, that's being uncovered inside of me, that great reality that I'm going to live on and stand on that takes me through life and that sustains me. And then the ninth step promises and the tenth step promises. So it's a wonderful way of life and I'm I'm so grateful for it. I pass. Thank you, Lisa B, L-E-S-A-B, from South Carolina. Up next, Charles H. Hey, Brother Bear. Hey, thank you, Mama Bear. Um, I'm Charles H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. You know, sometimes, mis- well, not even sometimes, I ain't jacking it. All the time, miscommunication and misinterpretation and other people's perceptions, you know, 
you know, the biggest room in the world is uh, a room of improvement. And, you know, sometimes people's perspectives are, are, are different. Than, let, me, let me hit you from a security standpoint. You know, 10-4 Roger, walkie-talkie. Is my walkie-walkie matching what I'm talking in my walkie-talkie? Not all the time. That's why I need to make an amends. I don't care how developed my recovery becomes. My walkie-talkie is off. And that's why I'm doing this work. You know, I, I would like to make an amends for people's perception of me based on my misrepresentation of the program of action. And it feels so good to say that. So, so here's the other thing. You know, I could talk and be like, I can confess, and then my walkie-talkie transmission is blocked because I'm not walking this talk, right? Like, so, you know, Acceptance is, 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 is realizing that I, I owe amends every single day. Not to be, I'm not talking about being a martyr. I'm talking about walking this thing out, like one day at a time, like realizing that, you know, God's kids, you know, is, is, should be highly respected, you know, and um, this, ain't, this ain't no movie. This is real life, and I make errors every single day, but I correct them, and those are my biggest possessions by correcting them. And I'll close with, with this real quick and leave some time on the clock. You know, first things first, easy does it, and live and let live. And with that, I thank you. Thanks so much, Charles. All right. Up next, we have Anne-Marie. Hi, uh, Jen. This is Anne-Marie M. Can you hear me okay? I can. Go right ahead, Anne-Marie. Where are you calling okay, from today? Please. I hate when people – Anne-Marie M., I hate when people ask that question, but I'm in a, I'm in a gym right now, so I apologize. Um uh, I am uh, I am in South Carolina, gratefully um, recovered through God's grace and by working the steps of the big book, and um, just really grateful. So uh, I apologize, I got caught off guard. Um, I just wanted to share my experience with Step Nine and how um, helpful it was for me, and how important. And I know it says nine times out of ten things, you know, basically things go well. Um, I only had, and for me that was that was right on because it was only one time that there was somebody that um, uh, it didn't go well. And um, it was my um, ex-husband who was abusive to both me and my, my young daughter at the time. She was very young at the time. And I had really, he was on my never list that I would never, ever, never, ever make amends to him. And so, um, you know, through, through working this work and doing all the amends that I did and with the, the help of my, my sponsor, um, I was able to, um, and we, I had to talk through this because it was dangerous for me to get in touch with him face to face. So I sent a letter and I didn't hear back from him for years. And then um, I got on Facebook and knowingly um, he found me on Facebook and what a, a horrible um, letter he sent me. And um, uh, I didn't know on Facebook that you could just have your friends be on Facebook. Anyway, um, he sent me another one and I didn't open it and I I blocked him for being on my Facebook page and that was about that was about the end of it. But I was able to find my part in the relationship. I was able to see where my wrongs were and that's all I was responsible for. And um you know, through working with my sponsor I was able to um and I was uh, sincerely sorry for, for my part. And I didn't have to look at his part anymore. And I was able to forgive him because I saw that he 
he was a victim at one time also. I learned that. And so, my gosh, um, I was able to pray for this man. And um, my other amends went um, very well. And there was one other thing I wanted to uh, point out that I didn't get every single one of them right off the bat. Uh, there was a time when I was in Rhode Island and I was at the gym at the, and this man walked in and I thought, oh my gosh, I forgot all about him. He wasn't on my list at all. And I thought, I'm going to have to make amends with him. And I did not want to because it was a, a harm that I did to him. And I just prayed and um, I ended up approaching him and apologizing. And he, you know, said, oh, that was so long ago. Don't worry about it. But what relief, what freedom, you know, uh, how free do you want to be? I've heard people say um, the freedom for letting go of my, it, you know, was weighing on me, um, especially that, that one with my um, ex-husband. It was weighing on me and doing me harm. And, uh, um, you know, the freedom I got from that is uh, indescribable. So I'm, I'm very grateful. Oh, and there was one more when I was uh, counting dimes with my father. Um, we were stacking them up. My mother had just passed away, and I was spending time with them. And I just realized uh, all the when I was younger um, and drinking, I would, I would get um, – 10 dimes was a dollar, was 90 cents for a quarter beer, and um, how many times I took that. And so I I just told him I was sorry, and he kind of grinned, and I said, I don't know if you know, but I took many dimes from you at one time. And um, I said, is there anything I can do to make it up? And he says, do what you're doing now, spending time with me. It was just, it was just awesome. So with that, I will pass. Perfect. Thanks. Great timing in, Marie M. from South Carolina. Up next, we have Lindsay H., and then we'll take some more names. Go ahead, Lindsay. Hi, guys. This is Lindsay H. from uh, Toronto, Ontario. I'm compulsive overeater, recovered for today. Um, yeah, you know, nine cases out of ten, the unexpected happens, right? So 90% of the time, something positive happens, but my sick brain will convince me that this is going to be terrible. Do not do this. You're in danger. You know, the, this, the grouch and the brainstorm is not for me, right? Like my, my brain is convincing me otherwise to do something that's going to liberate me, something that's going to free me, something that's going to bring me closer to God every single time, right? And every t time I cross one of those amends off my list or every time I look at my nightly inventory, I realize I owe an amends or apology to somebody. You know, I, I do that because I do want to be free but you know my brain despite being recovered will tell me otherwise right so um you know i find uh that step nine is the most character building step out of all the steps for me personally right um you know my disease wants me to be a coward my disease caused me to to you know have no bravery whatsoever without this power right i i finally have this bravery that i can walk into you know, recently, for example, I walked into an a old bar I used to steal at, and uh, you know, I was in so much fear. My the liar in my head was telling me turn around. This is not a good idea. And uh, you know, I thought going to um, this small little pub on a on a Thursday afternoon maybe it wouldn't be so busy, but it was packed in there. And I was just like, oh my god, I'm going to be embarrassed. Like you know, all these fears cropping up and. You know, I, I made my amends and, you know, every single time it goes well. Like I have yet to have an, an amends that has not gone well. I've, I've reached out to people who, you know, choose to say, um, you know, either not answer me or like when I make the approach or, you know, choose to say, no, I'm not interested in 
sitting down with you, which is which is fine, right? But I've yet to be face to face with a person and make my amends and ask them what I can do to make things right for them to, you know, push me out the door, right? Um, and you know, I I just find every single time, like even though my brain knows that this is going to bring me closer to God, I still have that mental twist. I still have that mental blank spot where my brain is telling me, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Right. Uh, because I need to have humility and you know, my, my brain is, it, I still have this ego, you know, for example, when I was doing that, that amends, uh, this is the most recent amends I did at a bar and um, you know, this woman, she goes, Oh, wow. That's so great of you. Oh, congratulations. Keep doing what you're doing. Blah, blah, blah. And my ego started getting, you know, uh, pet and I was just like yeah yeah thanks you know what yeah I'm doing good you know and I started feeling that little rush of power and I was catching myself I'm like oh my god no I'm here to you know clean up the my past I'm not here to you know have my ego stroke because I'm doing the right thing what normal people do right so I don't have the luxury of you know uh taking praise for that right for just cleaning up what I previously did so you know anybody who's new I suggest uh dive into step nine because it's um you know how I built my character and how I continue to build my character god bless you I'll pass with that Thanks, Lindsay H. from Toronto. All right. So this is where we're at. Page number 78, we're reading that first paragraph. It's like a little bit of a promise sprinkled in there. So um, great paragraph to share on this morning. If you'd like to share, um, we do value your experience, but we do ask that you share every third day. I'll take a list of names. Who'd like to go? Can I start with M? Oh, three people at once. Try it again. Can I start Mary Jane. Okay, I heard, Vanessa. I heard Vanessa, I think. Go ahead. Who's another one? Donna M. Donna, Clay. I got that one. And Claire. Lynn M. And Lynn. Okay, Mary let's Jean. stop there, I think. Oh, and Mary, I'll take you too. Okay, Mary. Mary G. Woohoo! All right, everybody's up, everybody's awake. Let's get going. If you'll give me the last. Uh, the first initial of your last name when you get up um, to pitch and where you're calling from, that'd be greatly appreciated so people can find you on the member list. Go right ahead, Vanessa. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Jen. Thanks for taking the meeting. This is Kanessa with a K, and my last name um, also starts with a K, and I'm from Ohio. I uh, recovered today, uh, just for today. So grateful for that. You know, so many of us come from... Um, <laughs> we're raised by people just like us, and my mom was one of those. Um, it, you know, it diagnosed by herself, not me. And she struggled uh, with a similar disease. And in a strange twist of fate, <clears throat> my dad was paralyzed from the neck down with multiple sclerosis. And I grew up with a lot of resentment and anger over having two ill parents. And when it came time for me to go through with step nine, I needed to make an amends to my mother for my part in our relationship. And even though we always, you know, I always took care of her, I always helped her, I always had a relationship with her, but I had deep, deep resentment. And I drove down on Labor Day um, to see her. She lives about, I grew up about two hours from Cincinnati. 
And it was the very first time she had asked me in her assisted living facility to go out in a wheelchair. And I took her out shopping and to lunch, and I was shaking. And when we got back to her assisted living, I wanted to make sure that when I made the amends, I was face-to-face with her. And the only way I could be face-to-face was to position her wheelchair directly in front of her. And as I sat, I said, I'm so sorry for my part in this. And she stood up and she said, Knessa, I am so sorry that I could never be a mother to you, but I'm so glad that you could be to me. And I kind of fell back into the wheelchair. And, you know, when you grow up with a disabled parent, um, you have a lot of compassion for that person. But I never had a lot of compassion for my mom with her illness. And as I fell back into that wheelchair, my awakening is that we are all disabled. I am disabled by this disease that I have as well. And today I'm a recovered compulsive eater because I did make that amends to her and I became free and I I wish that for everyone. And um, it was life changing and beautiful. And um, when she died in October, I was very peaceful. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Jen. Thanks for sharing that. Knessa, K-A-N-E-S-S-A, I'm hoping that's right. K from Ohio, appreciate that. Up next is Donna, followed by Claire. Good morning, Donna. I'm Donna M. from near Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Grateful to be on the line to share. And I'm so grateful that almost all of my amends have gone very well. And the one... um, most troubling relationship was the one I had with my my mom. And through corrective action on my part, loving her, being able to love her unconditionally, my mom has also um, changed towards me um, and gives me unconditional love today. And I'm so, so grateful for that. But, you know, I went into that amends not for what I could get, but what I could give. Um, there was one amends, though, that appeared to have gone well. It was to an old friend, and I was able to connect um, through LinkedIn, and we, I made face-to-face amends to her, and she even posted on Facebook us together and how wonderful it was. And then afterwards, when I tried, Next, she said yes, she would come to my book club, and we changed the date. And then she never showed. And, you know, my attempts to reach her afterwards didn't go. I I wasn't able to connect with her afterwards, and I just had to let that one go. Um, But I'm grateful that I did make the face-to-face amends to her. Thank you. I'm finished. Thank you so much. Thank you, Donna N. from Toronto. Up next, we have Claire E., followed by Lynn S. Good morning, Claire. Thank you again. Uh, my name's Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in the UK. Um, so it's really interesting because I often feel really underqualified to talk about amends. And um, I think it's probably because quite a lot of my amends aren't very dramatic, really. <laughs> it's like I don't have 
many stories of sort of, of profound experiences or, or big reconciliations or anything like that I hear with other people. But what I really relate to and I think is a real, well, it's my experience. Um, and this is my experience as a chronic relapser as well, as someone that's gone through the steps several times is that I sort of made a half effort. You know, I'd do these sort of step eights and nines. We'd work out what my amends were, and then we'd move on to step 10. And I just wouldn't wouldn't finish my amends. I wouldn't do them, really. They'd sort of sit there as a good idea. But I wouldn't actually do them. Um, and I think I had a lot of prejudgment, you know, prejudice about how it was going to go. I thought it'd be just a conversation. It'd be fine. You're right. So what's the point, really? Um and when I came back in um, in 2017, um, after my last sort of major relapse, and I was sponsored through the steps by somebody, and we went through step nine, she was very on it. She was, you know, you do one to two a day if you can, you know, and I was very much accountable for those and, um, and needed to tell her that I'd done them. And so I actually, for the first time, you know, embarrassingly, in nearly, I don't know, 30 years in the program at that point, you know, I actually did my amends. You know, I actually went, I actually made appointments. I actually wrote letters. I actually went to find people. Um, and it was aided a little bit, I'm sure, by social media being being a lot easier to come across people from when I was 18, 19. And, um, you know, I think the unexpected, and I, this is this is the word I'm I'm picking up on in this paragraph, the unexpected, it was mostly for me, because I had expected to not feel very much about them. But what actually happened was I walked away with the most amazing, you know, it, it's no coincidence that the promises follow step nine. I walked away with the most amazing feeling of peace and rightness with the world. Um, there was one in particular I made with an old flatmate of mine I lived with when I was desperately bulimic when I was at university. And it was also really good for me to see how my behavior had affected other people because I'd like to think it didn't really. It was my, me and my food. It didn't bother other people, but it did. She told me about how, how scared she would be that she would walk in one day and find me dead in my room and how she would tell my mom that I, you know, how, how she would tell my mom. And, you know, it, it was really profound for me, A, to see how, how I'd really affected people. You know, it, it wasn't actually just me in isolation, just binging and vomiting. Um, but also just that feeling of walking away from that, um, just being right with the world. And I think, you know, it's exactly what it says. Actually, it doesn't matter. It's, it, it, it says at the end of this, it, it should not matter. It doesn't matter what the response is, because the point is that I do the action and that I'm good with God. You know, I'm right with the world. And I think that's, you know, that was my, you know, there was, there was um, you know, an abortion I had and, and I wrote a letter. I went and read that letter on the cliff. And again, I didn't think that would do anything for me, but it did. You know, so so I have to set aside my ideas of what this amend process is going to be like. You know, it is nine times out of ten the unexpected happen. And I, I actually completed my amends. I was able to say I have completed my amends. And that was the first time in honesty in fact, actually, I'm saying that now. There's still some financials outstanding, but that, that was the first time. Um, the first time I'd actually able to say that I'd actually done step nine properly, as laid out in the book, and um, and it made the most amazing difference to my recovery. So, if there's anyone who's let them fall away, that is my experience, and I hope that might be useful to someone. Thank you. Thank you so much, Claire E from the UK. That's United Kingdom. All right. Lynn S. followed by Mary G. Go right ahead, Lynn. Good morning. This is Lynn S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. I was just thinking about the amends that I had made, and I wanted to encourage people to go ahead, you know, that if you have one that went bad, 
it's okay. Now, I did one where somebody said, you know, I used to pray every morning that you would die and not come into work because I hate working with you so much. And you might think that that amends went badly, but it didn't. And why I say it didn't was God took care of me while I was making that amends. And this was to somebody, my boss actually phoned me and told me that I'd made somebody cry at work. And I said, gee, do you think I should apologize? (laughs) The phone went silent and he goes, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, our crazy brains. So anyway, I thought about it that night and then I went in the next morning and, and asked to speak to the lady. And what was so neat was while I was making those amends, I, a feeling of peace and calm came over me. Right when I started, I was so surprised. And I knew in my head when I was making amends to that lady and and the way I had spoken to her, I was actually making amends for years worth of speaking rudely to customer service people on the phone, especially because they can't see you and you can't see them and you're kind of protected and you can have that tone in your voice, Lynn, and you can tell them just such and so and be so disgusted with how they're not giving you service and on and on and on. But what was so neat is God completely guided me. And even though she said things like that to me, it didn't affect me at all. I was so surprised. It's like I was having an out-of-body experience. And you know, when I'm making amends to somebody, if they want to talk, I let them talk because I'm apologizing and making amends to them for my behavior. Who am I to take over the session? That's the whole point. You know, it's, it's for them. Yes, I'm standing up and I'm admitting what I did wrong. But it's for them. So I can't you know, like I don't want to harm them while I'm making the amends. And it was so amazing. And I remember at the end, it was the first time I'd ever said, what can I do to make it better? And she looked at me and she said, just leave me alone and let me do my job. And you know what? I did. It was the best amends I'd ever made because of feeling God's presence is there, of being taken care of, of being to say What I had done wrong, acknowledge it and listen to how it affected the other person. It was amazing. I learned so much from that. So don't be afraid. God is with you when we're doing this. We're living by his spiritual principles that he has gifted to us in this amazing 12-step program. And just get every benefit out of it you can when you're doing this. It's golden. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lynn S. from Toronto, Canada. Mary G., we have run out of time. I do apologize. I hope you will stick around for the second hour um, to to give your share this morning. Um, We want all the voices to be heard. So, um, yeah, my apologies. We ran out of time. Well, thank you to Team Friday. It's been an awesome month. Thank you to everyone who shared this morning, and thanks for all of you who showed up. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing here. Grab your pen and paper because if you want the share ID for today, Friday, April 28th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is it. It's 20,205. That's 20205. 
And we're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Anne-Marie M. please read a vision for you? Yes, that's a, um, this is Anne-Marie M., uh, a book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Jen? Yeah, I was just waiting for the recording to be stopped. So just give us just a second so they can stop the recording. Okay. Um, I will now ask everyone to press star one to unmute so we can say the serenity prayer together. Go ahead and press star one. <clears throat> prayer, 